I'm Ben Carter, your life transformation coach, and I've been sent, called, and commissioned to help you live your very best life. Join me on Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I can't wait to support your leap into victory. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new season of Ben the Life Coach Internet Radio Show. This is the third season of me running shows, running podcasts, and I'm really excited this season because I'm doing something different. I'm doing something new. It's still a one-man brand. It's still grassroots, but I'm bringing in guests. I have a guest, right? I'm really excited about having a guest on the show. When I was thinking about who to have on the show and what to talk about, I wasn't 100% sure. I have a lot of great coach friends. I have a lot of friends that own businesses, but I wasn't necessarily sure what to talk about. So I was having a conversation um, with one of my favorite people in the world, and we were just kind of discussing being better, living better, not trying to be perfect, but trying to do things in a more efficient, optimal, kind of excellent way. That's why we call this show uh, Choosing Greatness Over Perfection, because perfection doesn't exist. It's a mind trick. It's kind of like a mind, what I like to call it. So my special guest is not only a great friend, but she's a family member, and she's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. It's, It's I probably shouldn't call her my baby cousin, even though she is my baby cousin. Uh, it's it's Rachel Walker. Woo! Wave hi. Say hi, Rach. Say hi to the people. They can see you. So that's, that's my cousin, Rachel. Let me tell you a little bit about Rachel and why we decided to do this show. Now, we're on, what are we on? Google Hangouts. So don't talk about our audio or video. Um, before we were setting up on the call, what makes what make me and Rachel so close is that there's a couple of things. We have a, some similar physical attributes, right? So we were talking about how do we fix the bags under our eyes before the video. You can't see our feet, but we have similar shaped feet. Um, just really weird, awkward things that we only we understand about one another, right? But, Rachel is 21, and Rachel was born prematurely. And I remember when when Rachel was born, Rachel's mom and my mom are sisters. Um, And I remember going to the hospital, and Rachel was really, 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 really small. I had never seen um, a premature baby in my life. And when I went, I was there with her older sister and her dad, and I remember her dad actually holding her in the palm of his hand, and I just remember looking at her, and and it's funny because I think I was close to Rachel's age now when she was first born, and I was just like, wow, this is like a miracle, like I really, like I'm really seeing, you know, a spiritual movement in, in action, it was like that was the real deal for me, and Rachel will tell you about some of her her challenges and how she's turning them into triumphs. But you all know that whatever I do with my show, I always try to put a positive spin on it. I'm not one for complaining or saying this is what's wrong with the world. I just want to take an opportunity to kind of spread the love and more importantly, share experience. Um, You all know my story. You all know that I love my grandmother and my mother, but... They were very ill and they were very sick and they were on a lot of medication. Um, And to let you in on some of Rachel and I's private conversation, we often talk about, you know, what can we do to make sure that um, we're making, you know, better choices with the knowledge that we have now. And so um, that's how we came about. That's how I thought about making sure that this first show is really informal and light. but informative and heartfelt and really giving Rachel a platform to talk about what she's discovered about herself and about um, what a lot of you might be able to do in terms of 
making better choices, right? And I'll tell you some stories later on about how we got to this point too, but I wanna give Rachel an opportunity to kind of introduce herself and talk about where she is right now. We were joking before we started filming about not being perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not committing to something today, knowing that it's gonna be a challenge tomorrow. It's about making the best choices in the moment every day so rachel um i'm going to give you an opportunity i want you to start with discussing um if you can remember when you realized when you got the information that you were born early and there may have been some health issues related to that or what was your earliest memory of um understanding what it was like to do we still call them preemies or being born early? Yeah, being born prematurely, I guess. Yeah. Um, so definitely things really didn't come into play for me until about third grade. And more specifically, it wasn't third grade until I moved to North Carolina. Um, I was actually ahead of the school system here. I knew everything when I came here. I we would have a little writing contest and I would always win because I knew like cursive I learned it like two years prior I knew all the math like it was I was it was cool for the first two years I was smooth sailing and then like I slowly like started to I guess fall into the North Carolina school system's hands and that's when my learning deficiency I guess really came into play um being born prematurely um, they said, you know, I would probably have some kind of problem with like English or like reading and, re and writing and stuff like that. But I'm like perfect. With, I'm like really good at grammar, like English class. I had all A's. It was in honors classes. But math, kill me now. Like, that's the worst thing I've ever like had to deal with in my life. Like, <laughs> I can barely get through high school. Like, it was horrific. Like, we had smart lunch. I'd go to smart lunch. Like, Literally, my teachers would just pass me because, like, I was just a kind person and they saw my hard work because, like, there really wasn't much I could do. So I didn't find out until years later, besides me having this, you know, problem with grasping math due to my, me being, being, poor, being born prematurely, I also have ADD. So if you know anything about math, you know there's, like, a countless amount of steps. Yes. God forbid you miss one step. It's a wrap. The problem's over. It's not going to become right, solved anymore. Right, right, right. You so can't, you can't miss a step and still get the answer right. No, no, not at all. Or you just create your own step, and the answer's still <laughs> wrong. But at the end of the day, it wasn't working out. Like I even tried to cheat once, like which I can't cheat. Like you know me, like right. I, like that's it's not happening. Like it's not in my blood. Like. It was horrible. I got caught, and I was already, I already had a bad grade in the class, so that just really didn't look good. But just that's when I really noticed, and so from, like, fourth grade and up, it's literally, like, been such a struggle. And when I got to college, because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, just go straight to college, like, even though you don't know what you want to do, just go start getting that education and, like, building credits and stuff, but... I didn't, like, people would talk about anxiety, and I'd hear about it, but I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, I don't know what that is, but, I mean, it sounds pretty bad. You should, you know, go get help for that. Right. But then, <laughs> when I started to realize, like, okay, college is cool, you know, it wasn't as easy anymore when I was in, like, my math classes or accounting classes, and after the first month, I couldn't keep up anymore. Wow. You know, between ADD and just the deficiency like not really being able to grasp it whenever I want to like everyone else does I started to get anxiety like I still have to go home and do homework I would sit in the class like everyone else does for the hour and 20 minutes or the 40 minutes and listen to the teacher I took notes in 10 different colors I used 10 different highlighters I used several different notebooks just for one class because I'm thinking I'm disorganized so maybe if I organize myself it'll be okay nope it just, I, like, I, it just wasn't coming together. And this is before I knew I had ADD. So I would go home, I would have anxiety, I couldn't do my homework. 
and it was affecting me in those classes like I know I'm I'm smart enough to figure it out but I didn't know what the problem was or how could I solve it so I was getting nervous anxious about going to class like I just started skipping class because I was like if I have to go in here I'm going to combust with like anger and mm. tear I just didn't know what to do so I took a break from school and now I finally have found what I'd love to do and it's health coaching fantastic now I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put you on a spot right because I think that's fantastic that you've kind of found your way now everybody that's listening to Rachel you can clearly hear that she's super bright um Rachel's always been super mature so she's always been really really mature with a, a very um specific uh insight so you've always been able to kind of see things deeper than what they actually are right so you have never really been like just a very surfaced kind of shallow teenage girl so <laughs> not at all so one of the questions that i would ask you knowing what you know right now about being born prematurely and then discovering that you um had add so much later on in life what would you tell a parent that has a, a child um, that has some of the similar, uh, a similar background? Um, and the educational part of the premature downfall, I guess, um, I would definitely say, like, even if your child is evaluated and they discover that they do have a learning deficiency in math or reading, whatever it may be, okay take that but then you know get them tested for other things like anxiety depression add adhd um those kinds of things because like there's so much more into learning than just like being deficient in the subject because to be quite honest with you like if it was just a deficiency you know i'm pretty sure after a few smart lunches that i went to and staying after school like i would have been like all right now I've got it, but obviously it wasn't clicking, so where was anyone to just be like, hey guys, you know, she's still got a D, and it's been four years of high school math, and she's got a D in math still. Anybody want to say anything, or I had a, actually a specialist um, in, like, that kind of thing. It's called an IEP, like a individualized, personalized, edu whatever, you know, what yes. I'm talking about, like a specialized program for you, because... You, like it's basically in a nutshell to be simple if you need extra time during a test right which not getting the test like having that extra time in front of you to just not get it even more is just not really gonna help you right unless there was a magic fairy dust that someone was gonna sprinkle on me to get right. the problem then so, it wasn't hang on right there <laughs> Because it's something that you just said that I think uh, a lot of my personal clients, um, Christopher has an IEP, and I think what's so important from the perspective of someone who has the IEP, right, what you're saying is it's supposed to be individualized, right, but giving me more time <laughs> doesn't magically make me process or understand the information. And I think that that's, that's big. Like, I think like a lot of parents, a lot of folks in education need to sit with that. Like that isn't individualized. Extending the time isn't individualized. You know that's the I mean? most generalized thing you can do. Just give everyone that extra time. Like you ever thought like, what's their actual problem? Right. Yeah. What's the process? So let me ask you this. Aside from the educational piece, because one of the things we were talking about recently when we got together, first of all, let me tell you all the story. When we when we got together, I was, I guess it was August and we were together and we were talking about having family dinner, right? So I'm with my, I'm with my aunt, that's Rachel's mom. And I'm like, well, we have to figure something out. We have to, you know, have a family dinner before I leave. Right? And I said, let's find somewhere great. And my little cousin, another one, 
she wanted to go to um i guess i guess what? um something about some barbecue yeah, barbecue place right so you know pig in the sauce place and so Rachel was like, well, I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious about what I eat. I'm vegan. I'm going vegan. And she's telling me, she's like, Ben, you need to watch what's, what the hell. And I'm like, oh, okay. And we're, you know, we're talking about it. Um, we go out to dinner, right? And we go to a seafood spot. So it's kind of halfway sort of, sort almost kind of not as bad as going to pig in the sauce, but still bad. We went yeah. <laughs> and we, we may as well have eaten pork because we ate like well, pigs. Honey, hush puppies as we're consumed. Like. I know, I know. Hush puppies and honey butters, whatever, dipping, whatever it was. So, so Rachel was telling me about this documentary, which you all should watch or not, <laughs> depending on if you're really ready to kind of face um, what we've been consuming. And yeah. it let us into a different conversation um, about about health. Like how much about your your health are you willing to share in terms of what you've had to deal with um, being born prematurely? Like what what does that part look like outside of the education? Um, so definitely some health things just off the top that came being born prematurely. Um, I had a brain bleed, so I had to get like a blood transfusion when I was first born and I was in the hospital for like a month or two, maybe it was a while. Um, so that kind of sucked, <laughs> but and then, um, just after that, well, also, so being born prematurely, like, some things were undeveloped, like, my lungs, and so I needed steroids. Um, and then later on down the road, when I was, like, four, like, I had an armpit hair. And, you know, generally, four-year-olds don't have armpit hair. So then um, when I was about eight or seven, I was diagnosed with precocious puberty, and that means, like, what it sounds like, you hit puberty before you're supposed to. So... And then I started receiving, like, some kind of shot to slow down my puberty for several years. So I could have had a period at five, basically. Wow. Yeah, pretty insane. Like, it's insane to think about. But, like, so I stopped taking the shots around nine, and my period came on just, like, on my ninth birthday, to be exact. Shut up. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful gift. Um <laughs> So when that happened, I got so sick. Like, I'm talking, couldn't drink water, couldn't eat, I couldn't go to school. And this lasted for 12 days. So we're thinking, maybe I've got a stomach bug or something, you know. And then so, here is monthly, so it happened again. And I'm like, no, this has got to be a problem. Because at this point, if I'm missing... At this point, I've been total having a period twice, and it comes 12 times a year, and I've already missed 24 days of school in total because I'm getting sick for 12 days. Wow. So not only was it affecting my health and not, like, I was also, like, dropping 10 pounds at a time when this was happening because if you think about it, you can barely consume water for 12 days. What are you supposed to do? And it was affecting my school and things like that. So... Uh, later on, when I was about 12 years old, I was diagnosed with cyclic vomiting syndrome, which is basically what was happening. Like, whenever I had a period, I would just vomit, like, and I know that sounds so gross, but I would just vomit, like, all day, three, like, I didn't even have to eat to vomit. It was just basically just happening, just whatever. Um, and so I dealt with that up until about six months ago. Um, I had been taking birth control actually for 10 years, but that wow. stopped going. But I've been dealing with it for quite a while now. 
Hey, you guys, I hope you are really enjoying the show. I hope that you are finding it entertaining and informative. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend that there is this life transformation coach named Ben Carter, and he is attempting to feed us the most positive, the healthiest soul food there is. Remember to follow me and listen to my podcast on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ben the Life Coach. Listen to it on iTunes. Go to my Instagram, Live LLC Coaching. Go to my website, www.livellccoaching.com. Hit me up if you need someone to support your leap into victory, be that your career, be that your romantic relationship, be that you finding clarity around who you are supposed to be. Keep listening, keep watching the shows, and listen to Rachel and choose your greatness. I'll see you soon. Enjoy the show. We had to take a break real quick, (laughs) but uh, before we took the break, I started taking notes because Rachel was talking about some of what she had been dealing with the last 10 years of her life. So cyclic vomiting was one, cyclic vomiting, precocious puberty, birth control for 10 years. And I'm talking birth control before there was the talk about the birds and bees. The birth control was there to support The birth control did what? Let's be clear about what the birth control did for you. Right. So thank you, because I always have to like defend myself because people are like, what? I don't want birth control. <laughs> like, I got in an argument with a lady at Walmart because I was like 15. She's like, why do you need birth control? And I'm like, why? That's not your job. Ask me those kinds of questions, Nicole. So, <laughs> so the birth control basically was supposed to stop my period um, and manage the cyclic bombing syndrome and I have the cyclic you know you get your cycle in a cycle so it was a continuous cycle of what was happening so the birth control I took steadily and I never took the placebo pills on the bottom ladies if you know what I'm talking about the fake pills on the bottom that you take for your period to come on I never took those I just went immediately to the next pack so my period would be off for months at a time until my body naturally decided to just be like, no, you know what, I think we need to release some stuff. And then I would get sick while on birth control. So that was great. Okay. Yeah. It basically just filled my body with artificial hormones and suppressed whatever condition, whatever the condition I had, cyclic vomiting syndrome, it suppressed it and didn't solve the problem or try to treat it. Like I've been to endocrinologists all kinds of doctors, like anything you can think of, I've been there, tried that, but they were like, oh, well, if the birth control is working, you don't need to change it. Like, why am I 10 years old on birth control? Right. Or what? Right. And why is that the only answer? Like, why is that the only solution? Like, there was never a mention of, not even just drink more water. Like, no one ever said anything <laughs> like that. Like, they were just like, just, taking it that's what's helping so when i'm in my 20s and i'm always thinking about this when i'm little so when i'm older am i just still going to be taking these artificial hormones and you know everyone sees the commercials on tv like about birth control but like watch out for heart attacks and stroke and stuff like what (laughs) (laughs) and you're telling me if this is working just keep taking it okay okay so (laughs) So, I I guess what I'm thinking is is probably the most frustrating thing about this is there isn't a community of people that you know of that you can talk to and ask questions and the doctors are kind of just saying, stick to what you've been doing, this works, but it isn't. Tell me about when it stopped working when it didn't work anymore. Um, and to be completely clear about talking to doctors about it, I didn't just receive this response once. I received it throughout the 10 years that I was on birth control. And not like not to mention this even happened this year. 
when I went to the doctor. So the birth control stopped working when I was about 19, about to turn 20. Um, I was, I got sick, but I was working out more. So I noticed like I didn't get sick and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to jump off the bridge. I'm going to stop taking birth control. Like, I don't know if anyone can realize like that's not, that was taboo for me at the time. Like me not on birth control. God forbid I leave the state without birth control. Like I'm <laughs> going to die. Like I'm just going to be sick to the core. Like, but it, I realized I had to stop. Um, and when I turned 20, I actually didn't take the birth control on my 20th birthday. And I actually didn't get sick for several months. Um, but what I didn't pay attention to until recently was I wasn't getting sick because at that time I was extremely active. I was weightlifting um, regularly. Um, I wasn't in high school, so I had more time to work out. Um, so I was in the gym a lot with my friend, um, and I wasn't getting sick. So I was like, this is great. And I was like, I was living. Then I started not working out as much and eating whatever I want. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to be sick anymore, so it doesn't matter. Until so, like, the fun all came crashing down when I got my period and I got sick. And I was like, what happened? Like, I was cured. I was saved. Like, <laughs> Mother Nature took this burden off my shoulders. Like, yeah. So, and when you, so when you, when you get your period, so it's, it's kind of like, I'm assuming, and I'm so happy on the, you're on this show because I would never be able to carry this topic by myself and have any idea of what I'm talking about. So when women get their period and I'm making an, an assumption and I just feel like some woman right now was on her period and she's super hypersensitive and anything that I say is not going to come out right. But when you're on your period, everything is hypersensitive and you, you typically get some form of sick for most women, but not as sick as you get. Talk to me about as sick as you get. So paint a picture of what it's like for you 20 years old, working, you know, living your life. You thought Mother Nature had lifted this burden, and then you get sick. Like, what's that? So, um, I'm actually, like, this might be TMI, but it's a good comparison. I'm on my period right now, so I'm not sick. I feel great. I just actually just came from the gym. I lifted weights for about 45 minutes. Um, I didn't do too long today because I'm fasting. But I'm not sick. I feel great. I had cramps. I took ibuprofen like anyone else, and I'm fine now. But um, before, like, when I was suffering from a cyclic vomiting syndrome, um, it has vomiting in the title for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I could, can't describe to you how much I'm throwing up without sounding like a little vulgar. Like, when I wake up, throw up, come sit down, I have to, I'm not like, there's no like time in between, you know, when you throw up, you feel better normally after and you're like, ah, okay, I got it out. Okay. Mm, that's not what happened. Like I would throw up five minutes. I'd be okay. And then just, oh, you're nauseous again. You have to throw up again. Within like a 10 minute span. And this is all day long. Wow. Continuously. So I wasn't eating or drinking. Um, so at this point, I'm throwing up what's called bowel, which is, you know, just whatever's at the pit of your stomach mixed with stomach acid. So that was great. Beautiful. Um, so that was happening. And so most of the time, I would actually have to just go to the hospital because I was severely dehydrated. And I would just have to get IV, basically, uh, because I couldn't consume water or food or anything. So that's so 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 ladies and and parents with with daughters or grandparents with that are raising kids that may have been born prematurely especially young girls it sounds like every month you would get your cycle but it would be to to really dramatize it right it would be like every month looking forward to knocking on death's door like i mean that's pretty accurate like i mean 
I moved out when I was 19, so I was like, yes, this is freedom, and this was around the time where I wasn't getting sick, so here again, I'm thinking, I'm cured, I don't have to worry about not missing work and missing money to pay my bills, because I'm not getting sick anymore, right? No. So, when I got sick again, and I was in my own house, I had my own bills, I'm like, oh shit, like, what am I going to do? Right. I, I'm missing, like, because luckily the older I got, the shorter amount of time it lasted, but, like, it was, like, four days, or, but, like, four days out of work is, like... That's a week. Like, that's a whole bill. Right. And I, so, I was missing money, and my managers can only say, okay, it's fine a few times, no matter how many doctor's notes you show them. Um, you know, they can just find somebody else who's not as sick as you. And even though it's once a month, being out four days at a time once a month, and it's not a vacation, like, it's not even vacation time, like, you can't do that. So, it started happening again, like, I was getting anxiety, I was starting to become depressed, I was so easily overwhelmed, I found myself in this headspace that I know I am mentally too strong to even be in, so I'm thinking, what do I need to do right now to get out of it? And I have to get out of it because crying about it, complaining about it, just letting the cycle continue wasn't going to solve anything. So that's when I discovered clean eating, working out, drinking more water, literally saved my life. Like, if I hadn't done that, I couldn't tell you where I'd be right now. And that, and I only did this six months ago. Wow. Wow. So it's, this is what led up to this conversation and me kind of wanting to go public, right? Or come out, if you will, with this. And I think everybody is kind of, I would like to think or hope everyone's on their own health journey, um, even though we might slip up and do what we do. But what I wanted people to get from this is you spent most of your life on steroids and on medications and on birth control. And the turnaround for you was in fact, what you were consuming, one, the way that you thought, so your thought process, right? Because you could have, you could have kept the mindset that, well, let me just keep finding another medication. Let me find an alternative to the birth control. But, but your, your approach was, what would it be like if I consumed less processed foods, right? Considering, you know, they've been pumping me with artificial hormones my entire life. And it's gotten me up to this point where it's not been as successful as it should have been. What would happen if I did something that was the complete opposite of that, right? And how long has it been since you've experienced that kind of that kind of sickness like not being able to move so um first of all to come to my conclusion it wasn't just like it was kind of an aha moment um but it was also kind of like thinking like retracing my steps like when i wasn't getting sick what was i doing and i was like I said when I was working out, I was like, that can't be it. Like, <laughs> my whole life, that can't be it. Like, simply physical activity, more water, and eating more fruits and vegetables literally would heal my body. Like, no one could tell me that, and I would take them seriously until I tried it. Um, so... What was the question originally? Oh, um... What, how long has it been since you've had that that oh. kind of sickness? So, it's the last time I was sick was my birthday. You remember? We were yes. supposed to go to DC. And we got an Airbnb, and it was going to be great because, like, I remember I told you I wasn't getting sick. Right, so, right. Like, I was just hoping, like, for God's sake, that, like, maybe the Lord would spare me and I wouldn't get sick. <laughs> Looks on me because I was really sick. Like literally the day after we booked the Airbnb and spent over five hundred dollars for it, I was extremely ill. Um, right. I purchased. My
family and friends' times, wasted. And I was like, is this real? Like, I was in, I was my 21st birthday and I was sick in the bed. Like, sick. I didn't get to really celebrate. Um, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, so that was about six months ago in March. So since then, I have not gotten sick uh, because in April, I actually took like before and after pictures. I have them on my phone, um, just of what I looked like and what I was doing then. Um, and I just, I look completely different. My face looks different. I even showed my friend like pictures back from back in April, um, even May. And she was like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't even realize your face was that like chubby. Like naturally I have jolly cheeks, I guess, but like I look different. Like I did really have this collarbone thing going on. Like <laughs> it was like a completely different time. And besides just feeling better and looking better on the outside, like I feel so clean. Like this kind of raw energy I have is mm. just beautiful now. Like literally when I have sugar or coffee, I'm like, Ooh, like before I was just like, uh, whatever, this isn't helping. But now I'm like, don't give me candy because I will climb a wall. Like, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. And it's like, you know, what I'm going to try to make my mission in life and being a health coach is just making people realize how simple it is and just once you get a sample of how you're going to feel like there's nothing I could say like I was went from throwing up 10 times a day to just being able to walk around whenever and just safely have a period without dying like I could I I was I cried at one point because I was like is this for real? Like, I'm not getting sick just because I'm simply eating more vegetables and drinking more water and working out. Like, that's literally all I'm doing. I'm not doing anything else besides that. Now, and go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to really quick, but, like, even when I was younger, it wasn't that I was unhealthy, but what I'm trying to say is making your body that cleaner temple and just healing inside out starting out the gate you won't be getting sick you know at all so like you won't even need the prescription to tone it down or try to carry it a little or mask it because you're naturally healing yourself so i am healing myself i'm not you know pushing it off for now because if i was like it would just be like the birth control i would just end up getting sick and Normally, with the birth control, if I wasn't sick, it would last about two or three months, and then I'd get sick. But here, it's almost been seven months, and wow, I'm great. Wow, that's that. Now, see, that's fantastic. You all don't need me to say anything to that. And what's so great about it is that we're not pushing any products, right? We're not trying to sell any special elixir um, or anything. No one's writing us a check although we'd be more than happy to accept monetary offers to come and speak, but no one's, you know, saying, say this, so people will purchase this. You know, I think Rachel just said it, like, you know, I'm, I'm, healing, my, I'm healing myself based on really the choices that she's making, right? So, <clears throat> Rach, when I knew you were coming on, I put together some questions that I wanted to ask because I think you're really smart and really bright uh, and a, you have a, a, a different perspective and you help keep me young. I'm thinking about if I had the video, I would upload it for my birthday when you put on the, the trap music. Oh, and, that was great. Uh, oh, I don't know how you all listen to that, but whatever. So I've, I've got a ton of questions that I want to ask um rachel we're gonna take a quick quick break so i can cough and drink my tea then i'm gonna come back with some questions um that we're gonna going to ask rachel and see what she says and depending on the questions that i ask i hope that her mother isn't listening so we'll be back in just a second Y'all can't see me. I'm gonna turn the light on. Can you see me now? You still can't see me. 
They got me listening to um, Jay, and I don't really, I don't know rap though, I don't know rap, because they not rapping, they just making like quick statements, they don't think I would want to Grammy, I call my grandmother Granny, I call my babysitter Nanny, when my butt get warm, I said, ooh, I got a hot fan. I'm not following this bullshit. What is this? This ain't rap. Yeah. It's the four five. It's the four five five four. It's the one two with the two fours. This not rap. There's no continuity here. They gon' watch think I want the AMA. They gon' think I want the MTV. They gon' think I'm on BET. They gon' think my name Desi D. This This is Grammys. We listening to Jake. We gon' think I won the Grammy. I could be a rapper now. I'm about to put out a mixtape. They think they so amazing, but they flow is really lazy. All right, folks, so we're back, and we're just about to wrap up the conversation with Rachel, and I call Rachel a health and wellness uh, enthusiast. I think what's important about having Rachel on the show is that She's not, you know, 15 years into her career as a health coach. She's at the discovery of who she's supposed to be. And what's so phenomenal about it is that it's based on her life, her life story, her life experience. Sometimes I think that people think you can't talk about who you want to be or who who God called you to be un- until you're at a place of perfection, right? Um so it's kind of like when you think about Oprah's story, you only think about Oprah in the last 25 years, and you didn't think about who she was in 1975 and 1980 when she was doing all of those public access channels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You didn't think about um, Iyanla Van Zant being who she is as an author and a TV life coach when she was handwriting manuals for women on welfare. It's kind of like you have to be this big thing in order for people to take you seriously. And I think that if we keep thinking that way, we're gonna miss the opportunity to be healed. And what Rachel is saying is not to negate anything your physician says. So absolutely talk to your physician. Don't you know, go cold turkey or quit whatever it is that you're doing because of Rachel's experience. But what she's telling you is, take an opportunity to do something different, you know, change your mindset. I think there's a a heavy dependency now on medication and you take one medication for one thing and then it creates havoc somewhere else. So you need a second medication to fix that. Um, Real quick, 12 seconds. I dealt with this about seven years ago with my mother. Um, My mother started to develop sores on her leg. She's a diabetic, so they automatically assumed it was from diabetes. So they gave her about six or seven different medications. Long story short, it was the six or seven medications that caused the holes. It was not diabetes. It was the side effect of every medication. They gave her three medications and the side effect for each one is may cause blisters, i.e. holes. As soon as she got off those medications, the side effects went away. So I think that this is what we're saying. We're not saying don't see your doctor and use traditional medicine, but we are saying there's another way. There, there, There's something else that is available. And I think Rachel's experience, especially for for women, period, is, is huge. Because I don't think that women take into consideration what their body is attempting to process against their cycle and how much more um, painful the experience becomes when we don't take into consideration, right? That's what, what diabetes and hypertension and all that stuff is about. So 
We just want to thank Rachel for being on the show. Yay! The first show with a guest ever in the history of. So I'm so excited. And again, I wanted to ask Rachel some questions because she's younger than me. Her perspective might be a little bit different than mine. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask was... Uh, sometimes I call myself a life purpose coach and I, I know sometimes when I say that term people look at me like I've got 15,000 heads so one of the questions that I wanted to ask you and get your per, your perspective is when you hear the term life purpose what does that mean to you when you hear that term I feel like that means to me like people always give this cliche answer like if you wake up in the morning and you're ready to do this, then that's you. That's your life purpose or whatever you have a passion for, you should do this like for example, people would always say like, Oh, your hair always looks so good, you know, you should become a cosmetologist. Um, no. I don't wanna be a cosmetologist. I enjoy doing my hair. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it's not always that. I think that finding your life purpose you know, it sounds cliche, it sounds so deep, but it's just that. It's extremely deep. And you really have to kind of go on this cool little journey and, like, little discovery to just really get down to yourself. Like, you have to find yourself in the rawest form first. And that's where I was at. Wow. Um, I was so, I couldn't be any more raw. Like, I was right. sick all the time. I was you know, at my wit's end, I had to find a solution. Um, and sometimes, in not all cases, but sometimes you have to find, you have to just be at your lowest point to come out to the top and find out what's best for you, you know, because being 21 and just graduating high school not too long ago and trying to find a balance with college and career, I'm thinking, like, money, like, I have to make money. I love, I know the way I want to live. I know how I maintain myself. I'm going to need money because it's just going to get worse. So, and like, what I wanted to do and where my heart was wasn't even in my process of career, what I wanted to do. I was like, oh, you know, maybe marketing, a marketing specialist or whatever. So I even got a job as a marketing assistant at this company, an IT company, actually. I was at a computer for hours. I hated it. It was giving me anxiety because, like, computer all day doing this paperwork that I didn't get and really didn't care to get. Um, no one trained me. I was in, like, I came, I came from a job at Models Kids Museum where you're very active. You're with children. You're talking. You have so many subjects to discuss. Everything's so vibrant. Um, so you're sitting at the desk for hours and just I felt like besides like it was my passion whether I came from marbles or not I would have been like oh I still I love this like this is me none of that like I was depressed like it was horrible and I found myself like wanting wine more frequently and like to hang out with friends and do other activities more frequently and I'm just like I don't need to be doing this. Like, I just need to go ahead and get out of there and find out what makes me happier. And that's when I took the break from school. And I really went on this, like, mental journey of, like, clearing my mind and just ignoring anything that wasn't adding to my life or adding any positive feedback, including people. Um, people, food, you know, that's really how I heal. Like, I healed myself without really realizing I was healing myself um, just by trying to find out what I wanted to do as a career. Um, so once I found like, it, like whatever made me overcome what I'm suffering through for most of my life, that's what I have to do. I have to help whoever else is out there that's suffering through it. Like besides that, like besides my condition in specific, like I have friends, you know, who I was like. I can't diet, I can't do this, and I hate the word diet, but uh, they can't eat right, they can't have the veggies, they can't hit the gym, they can't go for a walk. I want to help those people because, you know, I get it. I get it. And I just want to make that, like, getting healthy, healing your body, I just want to make 
not the simplest. Like, I just want to simplify it for you and just make you understand that it's really not hard and just the love that you'll feel and, like, the healthiness that you'll feel, like, you'll thank yourself ten times over just for making that small change in your life. Wow. Fantastic. See, folks? See? This is why I wanted Rachel on the show. First of all, if you hear me ferociously typing in the background, I'm getting so many good quotes from you, right? So many notable quotables that are just like really fan, just really fantastic. And I think what's so important is that you you can find who you are, who you really are at whatever phase and whatever stage in your life. Um, but something very specific about what you said as far as kind of taking like this journey with with yourself it's not really about all of the uh, the extra so when you found that you were really 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 just not engaged with that job choice and you found yourself wanting to do things I wanted to drink a little bit more wine I kind of want to hang out a little bit more and and do something that may or may not be uh, the best thing for my for my overall life. I think that people need to get that it doesn't matter what age you are, that it's your responsibility to step back and kind of go inside yourself and figure out who you are, who you want to be, and then make a choice from there. Right? Please. So, the, I've had many evaluation sessions with myself over the past six months. I'm just going to say the key to really coming to just bettering your health and your mind is just being honest with yourself. Because I just feel and so many times like people aren't real with themselves because the easiest person to lie to is yourself. Like you're the only one you have to talk to in your head. Like if you're like, no, it's fine. You're doing this well. Just take your time and it'll do better. No, it's not, Rachel. Stop that. What do you need to do next? Because you're not being real with yourself. You know, you're your biggest demon. You need to confront your biggest demon head on. And who is that? Who's enabling you to keep doing the things you're doing? It's you. So if you're not willing to be upfront with yourself from the start, you can't really get anywhere. You know, honesty is the best policy. And they weren't kidding about that. It's true. It is true. So one, another question that I have for you, I've got, I got like maybe three more questions that I want to ask. The one that I want to ask you, and I think is important for everyone, is how did you motivate yourself when you were in the thick of your health issues? How did you stay motivated? since so I was losing I was I was losing is the best way I could put it um I was losing money I was losing time I was losing my mind like I was just losing and like I I'm not good at being a loser like it's just not in me to accept a loss I usually accept losses as challenges so when I was like okay life you know you ready? Like, we can, we can fight because, you know, I'm not just going to go out like this. So, you know, besides the obvious, like, wanting to feel better, you know, that had, that had to happen. Um, just really, like I said, making up my mind that I had to feel better and I had to do anything that I could to get there. And besides physical things like eating better and working out, I had to mentally get better. So I really started off with um, just breathing techniques. Like I do this on a regular basis so people piss me off, just like inhaling the positive and exhaling the negative. Um, like I do visuals, like I'll close my eyes and I'll picture everything positive or anything that just makes me happy and I'll inhale it and I'll exhale like I visualize just black smoke just coming out, just, just pushing it out of your body. And before you know it, you just start to feel better already. Between that and like yoga, just to really start with my mind, because if your mind isn't right, hopping into a new venture or trying to battle yourself, it's really not going to turn out the way you want it to be because you didn't start with a clean slate, I guess I should say. Right. Gotcha. 
All right, so the hot question, right? For for your generation, so I've got a lot of, my niece is 18 and our other cousin is what, Tony's 22, you're 21. So it's weird because I'm the oldest one, but we're all first cousins, but there's this big gap. And so the big gap is, you know, 1995, 96, when you all were born and I was your age, and then now, and trying to understand what's dating like, like what does dating look like for you? You know, what kind of, one, what kind of guys would you and do you date? Like, what does that look like? Well, uh, if I'm very honest, I just need to work on that, you know, area. Um, I mean, okay. So the kind of guy I'm looking for, you know, whoever I'm physically attracted to, that, I mean, that just happened. But, um, I try to, I used to have the standard, and my mom was born in, like, the 19th, like, I'm just gonna kill me, she's born 59, so, I mean, like, her idea of dating and, like, courting is, like, two different things, like, what she experienced and what I have the craft that I'm having to deal with now are two different things. So, besides, then, you know, I'm getting my dating advice from my mom, mostly, you know, when I'm in high school and things like that, so she's like, he needs to ask you out, he needs to do this, he needs to do that, if he wants you, he'll come find you, blah, 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 like, and, like, something that I was on board for, but then I slowly start to realize, like, if I feel this way, what makes me think a man isn't nervous or scared or afraid to take that next step or is broke like me and can't pay for dinner, you know, so, like, perspective for a 20-something um, when we're talking about uh, monogamy and marriage, etc., etc. So what does that look like in terms of exclusivity um, or sexual exploration, like however you want to label it? Like what is your generation, you millennials, if you will, <laughs> what is that? Do you like it? I like it because it's true. Like, group us in the millennial air, like, circle. Like, that's what we are. Like, I can honestly say, like, I wouldn't say myself, but, like, I do have some millennial characteristics. But, like, if I just look at other people who are considered millennials, I'm like, they definitely fit that bill. Um, but to answer your question, it's kind of funny um, when you like, mentioned this, ran this question by me, I was like, my life, like, right now, um, <laughs> you know, 
eating right and then like dating and hanging out with guys like it's hard it's really hard um just because like i don't know about everyone else but like i love to eat snacks i love to just chill like eating is a hobby um that's one of the things i have to realize like bothering me is just just snacking too much and all that but like you get sad when you get in a relationship like it happens to everyone yeah. and like i had to realize like well, am i going to sacrifice my health just because i want to date like i need to put that's like you put boundaries down in a relationship anyway and that was just another boundary that i had to put down like i'm not going to sacrifice my health for you mm. that's one thing with balancing health and relationships you have to figure out what you're willing to sacrifice and what you aren't but the whole monogamy thing a part of me is like it doesn't exist it's fake fake news like it's not (laughs) because like there are those wonderful men out there a a relationship with just their woman and like be great but those sweet little angels are few and far in between and then I, there's other guys that I have to deal with who go on dating sites and decide to talk to women and things like that. Because that, that's actually what I just went through. Um, was on a dating site and just described it as I just went to go look. I made the profile a few days ago and I'm like, yeah, whatever. If you have to look, I don't trust you. Um, but now he's trying to come back to me. But. I don't, like, I want to say monogamy is okay to ask from someone, but I also want to say, like, it's kind of, I don't know if it's okay to ask someone, especially in their early 20s, to just be strictly devoted to you and expect them not to slip up. And that's why, like, when he came back, I wasn't kind of like, get out of my face before I kill you. Like, I wasn't even (laughs) so mad because, like, yeah. What am I supposed to say? Like, scientifically, you're built right now to make babies in this time frame. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Probably from about 17 until like 25, your body is programmed. Just you're a baby making machine. Right. And so long after that are extreme hormones. So like from partner, but like genetically, like we're made to search out different partners and pro as much as we can like make as many babies as we can you know repopulate the earth as fast as we can <laughs> so like it would like ask telling someone to just do that it's just like on one end I'm like yeah be loyal to me but on the other end I'm like scientifically we're your brain and what's not your brain super in your pants like it's telling you yeah so I think I think technology is telling us time is up um, we're breaking up a little bit but I just wanted to Thank you for being my first guest ever on my my little show here. I think people are really going to respond to what you have to say. Um, I think that you are choosing, you're making a conscious choice to be great. You're not, the one thing that you did not do the entire show is focus on any imperfection about yourself. You didn't even complain about being born prematurely and having to deal with those issues. You didn't make a complaint once. And I think that's what choosing greatness over perfection and choosing just to be your authentic self is is really all about. So give yourself a round of applause for that. Um, We really appreciate it. That's that's the whole point of, of what I'm attempting to do with my life is just make sure that we leave a great indelible handprint and impression of of who we are so when people remember us when they think about who we are they don't think about what we complained about but they they remember what we were able to triumph over so with that being said we're going to wrap up the show before we go rachel 
tell people if you want them to how they can contact you? So I can be contacted by email two thousand fourteen at gmail.com and Rachel is spelled R-A-Y-C-H-E-L. So it's not R-A-C, it's R-A-Y-C-H-E-L in 2014 or the numbers two zero one four. Um, or on Facebook at Rachel D. Walker and Rachel is still also spelled R-A-Y-C-H-E-L. One more time, the email address. R-A-Y-C-H-E-L 2014 at gmail.com. Fantastic. Everybody, I'd like to introduce you to my favorite person in the whole wide world, um, the, the health coach and wellness enthusiast extraordinaire, Rachel T. Walker. I am sure you're going to be hearing so much more from her. Like, it doesn't get any better than this, right? The funny with the fact, that's the perfect combination. So thank you for joining our show. We'll see you real soon. Good night.